0: and fish can coexist peacefully. Read my lip. And then we're going to Washington, D.C. to take back the White House!
1: Ah! I love the poorly educated. We're the smartest people. We're the most loyal people.
2: Nice and new and smart. (laughs) Oh, I didn't know missiles could be nice. I mean, they're nice. Again, I'm assuming they're American-made and smart, or I guess.
0: Nice in the fancy sense,
1: not in the sense.
2: You don't want an old missile. Those no. are no good. No, no good. Yeah. Or yeah. the dumb ones. No, don't yeah. want no dumb missiles. No, can't have no dumb missiles.
1: <laughs> nice, new, and smart. Nice, new,
2: and smart. <laughs> Episode title. We don't even have to worry about it this time. <laughs> Hi, guys. Welcome back. It's Parcel Politics. I'm your host, Nick McGuire. Joined as always by Dr. Bill Muck from uh, North Central College and Dr. Phil Barker from Keene State College. Hi, guys. Hey, Nick. Hi. Howdy. Hi. Uh, Quick plugs before we get started. Um, If you like the podcast or dislike the podcast and want to share your dislike with everyone, (laughs) uh, follow us on Facebook uh, at Barstool Politics, Twitter at Barstool Paul, P O L. Uh, You can find beers that we try on the Untapped app on iOS and Android. Uh, the podcast itself is on SoundCloud and iTunes and, um, something else that I can't remember. Blueberry. Blueberry and Stitcher (laughs) and Spreaker and just about every other podcasting platform. Uh, review us and share us on iTunes. That's how we help to make this grow.
1: Tell your friends. Tell
2: your friends. (laughs) Please tell your friends. We're so desperate. (laughs) Um, yeah, it's, uh, I, I'm tired of saying that it's a crazy week, but this
1: was a batshit fucking crazy week. And, and as crazy as this week was, next week sets up to be even more more insane with the Comey interview, the Comey book being released, we're likely to be at war with Syria. Yes. All This of was things. appetizers. Yes, yes, so yeah. Tune in next week, too. <laughs> we'll um, have to talk
0: about Rod Rosenstein getting fired next right. week, too. Yeah, <laughs> right. we'll have to do that. Yeah, yeah. Um... That hasn't happened for our listeners. I'm just making a bold prediction. It could be
2: happening. You know what? <laughs> Depends
1: it w- when you listen. That's, That's true. the thing. That's true.
2: Every time we do this, about three hours after we finish the podcast, somebody gets fired or there's some sort of tweet that goes out and we're just going to miss it. So, yeah, stay tuned for that. I don't even know what's going on with North Korea anymore at this point because nobody gives a shit. I'm sure it's fine. I'm sure it's fine. It's completely fine. <laughs> um, out of sight, out of mind. <laughs> 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 yeah, it was hard to pick a uh, kind of a main topic, but... The, uh, the, the the Michael Cohen thing, that's, that's big. That's oh, a big, big change big, big, in this sorry. investigation.
1: And apparently, attorney-client privilege is dead. Yes, it is. All right, right. Let's, let's sort of recap here. A legal bomb dropped on Monday when we learned that the FBI had raided the office, home, and hotel room of uh, President Trump's personal attorney, Michael Cohen. It is easy to lose perspective on the significance of events in the Trump presidency, but the but executing a search warrant on the president's personal lawyer is truly historic. The search warrant was obtained by the U.S. Attorney's Office for the Southern District of New York, acting on a referral from Special Counsel Robert Mueller. Uh, early reporting suggests that Cohen is under federal inv- investigation for possible bank fraud, wire transfer, and campaign finance violations. But really, who isn't these days? That's uh, true. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Because of the attorney-client privilege, obtaining a search warrant for a lawyer's office requires unusual levels of approval. It appears that Trump's own deputy attorney general, Rod Rosenstein, soon to be fired, approved and directly (laughs) directed the case to the Southern District. But in addition to Rosenstein, approval was needed from the U.S. attorney of the district, Uh, in this case Jeffrey uh, Berman, but apparently he recused himself. So somebody below him who was appointed by Trump the criminal division of the Justice Department in Washington, and finally a U.S. magistrate judge who needed to be convinced that there was probable cause to support the search. Trump called the development disgraceful and a witch hunt. He also raised the possibility of firing Mueller, Rosenstein, Sessions, just about anybody. Uh, This was a big development, boys. Let's dive into the legal issues. Phil Barker, how worried are you about Michael Cohen? (laughs) Um,
0: Do you think he'll be okay? Will he be okay? Is he going to jail? Uh, He's in trouble. Yeah. This is, it's not good, right? (laughs) Um, (laughs) If I were his, if I were, you know, if he were a member of my family, I'd be quite, quite worried about him or, or for him. Um, He's not, I mean, this is not all that surprising. He has a long history of being a bit shady. We've (laughs) talked about this in previous (laughs) weeks. Um. This I mean the fact, like you were saying that there's all sorts of ways to go with this the the fact that they executed a search warrant on the the attorney of the subject of a federal investigation who, in this case, happens to be President of the United <laughs> States is huge and and there are all sorts of implications about whether it's appropriate to do that and uh, we Because we don't know what's on the inside of this kind of black box, um, we just know that it's happened. It's hard to have that debate about whether it's appropriate or not. If we assume that it is, if we assume that, like you were talking about, they went through numerous steps, got multiple people to approve this, including judges who are independent, who aren't part of the Trump administration, who aren't part of the FBI, that all sorts of different people approved this, if they all approved it then whatever they have that they're going after him for has to be majorly serious, yes. right? They, they wouldn't go. They're not going after him for expired parking tickets, <laughs> right? Um, it, it would indicate if you assume that this is all above board, it would indicate uh, really, certainly really bad news for for Michael Cohen. And I would think pretty damn bad news for Donald Trump as well.
1: Mm-hmm. It's not like you, know, you think about the, uh, whether it's bank fraud or money laundering, and they also throw campaign finance. I can't imagine they would do this just for campaign finance stuff, right? It, it seems to me it would have to be bigger than that. I think to your point, Phil, this is they're not going to go through the trouble. And all of these individuals—Rosenstein, the magistrate, uh, all the other federal levels—I mean, they know how big this is going to be. They know this becomes the story of the of the month. Everybody's going to be so careful about this. And, and you, they, go ahead. They ha- they have to know that if they fuck something up, yes. right? It's a bit like they
0: ha- mm-hmm. like. I would be terrified of any small mistake if I were on. You know, in the on the sort of FBI, Department of Justice side of this. And, mm-hmm.
1: and what you're hearing from some of the real legal experts, and we're just hacks here, but the real legal experts saying that there has Speak to be... Speak for yourself, <laughs> muck! <laughs> there has to be probable cause that Cohen had actual evidence of a federal crime on his computer, right? There has to be... It's it's, it's not just, hey, we want to go fishing and see what's there. There's probable cause that he's got it uh, on literally on his computer, wherever it is. Mm. Not only that... The fact that they didn't subpoena him but, in fact, executed a
0: search warrant means that they didn't – it's not just that they believed he had it. They believed that he would destroy it. If they thought they were coming for. So Uh, this was all from Hillary Clinton.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Michael Michael Cohen wouldn't do that. He doesn't seem like the kind of guy that would that would get rid of evidence. (laughs) No, that's right. And so you have to imagine that one, you go to the to this judge and say, here's probable cause of the evidence. How do you make that next step to say, hey, we think this guy is we can't subpoena him because he's going to likely get rid of the evidence. And you have to have evidence of that, that there's some tendency not to be honest, uh, that you can't trust him to preserve the evidence mm-hmm. um,
2: it's uh, I, I i mean i i agree with you that uh it seems like they jump through the right hoops and everything is at least on the surface above board at the same time i think this is something that we've talked about a lot uh on this podcast is this investigation needs to be as fundamentally transparent as is humanly possible and if they don't come out with what this evidence is in the very, very near future, I, obviously this has just happened, you know, you need some time and, you know, kind of get it slightly out of the news cycle, but if they don't come out with what the evidence is that caused them to take these actions, these very heavy-handed, extreme actions that are pretty not completely unheard of, but pretty rare, it's aggressive. Yeah. Um it's going. The narrative is going to shift in a way that is not going to help them, regardless of what they what physical evidence they do have or think they could have obtained from doing
1: this. Because they're not involved in shaping that narrative. You know, they're doing their job and right. keeping quiet. Whereas Trump every day can come out and say witch hunt. And, exactly. Uh, what did he? What did he say? This was an attack on our country. You know? Yes. <laughs> so do you do you think the the narrative is
0: subject to? Change on this? Because I this is where we go back to the last year and a half of Donald Trump politicizing the FBI and the Department of Justice and, and creating this narrative that they're they're biased, they're out to get him. Um they're not, you know, they're not anyway, their their whole goal is to take Trump down. It's not to serve justice or whatever. He's planted those seeds for a year and a half. So I I, I don't I, I totally I think in most circumstances I I agree with you. Nick and that it's important to sort of come out with the evidence backing this up but I I don't I don't know I think that there's a lot of people that it doesn't matter what evidence comes out Mm -hmm. will think that this is a witch hunt at the same time there are a lot of people that believe that you know have believed that Donald Trump has been guilty for I mean I I don't know I I wonder how much of the narrative is actually subject to the facts coming out at this point and how much of it is that we're just we're all embedded in our own
1: you know but thought process. I think that mm-hmm. there's there's a lot of truth to that. But if you are a moderate Republican and you've been going along with Trump, if you're Paul Ryan, or or right. of his ilk, Who? A Paul, a former Speaker of the House. Oh, I'm sorry, <laughs> I forgot about him already. <laughs> and you start to see this, and you're a smart person. So if you're an ideologue, a Trump supporter who's going to go down the ship, that's one thing. But if you're looking at this, realizing that the FBI isn't going to do this unless they've dotted all the I's and crossed all the T's, do you start to wonder? He feels it feels like he's pulling me into quicksand here. Do you start yeah. to distance yourself from Trump the way that some, some Republicans, not all, did with Nixon going all the way back? Where you know, enough of them say this looks really bad. So, here's, here's the shift in the narrative yeah.
2: uh, based on what, what I've seen this is almost without precedent. You have people that you appointed recusing themselves from the investigation, you have your own political appointees. Allowing this to go through, regardless of what they're obligated to do in the positions that they're in, you can, if Trump is smart and he is a strategic thinker and wants to shape this narrative in a way that continues to benefit him, he'll turn this into a even more aggressive conspiratorial mm-hmm. narrative that says sure. the Justice Department is still controlled by Democrats and Obama and the Clintons and all of their appointees. And even with my people in place, they can't do their jobs. And considering how many of these things are coalescing into one area in such a short amount of time, that's, again, something that I, I don't think it's true,
0: but I think it it's, could it's a powerful <laughs> yeah. narrative. Yeah. I, Oh, I th- I think you're totally right. I just am not con- – I don't think – he's going to make that argument yes, regardless is. of what the evidence is or whatever the Department of Justice has. So they could come out with an airtight case that Michael Cohen, you know, murdered babies. <laughs> and, and Donald Trump oh, will make babies. arguments about how this is a witch hunt, right. right? They could have the photos. And there are a group of – there are a lot of people out there who will believe Donald Trump against – so I, I'm – I, I think your, your insane world, you are exactly right <laughs> that the, the coming out with the evidence and what is behind this is, is important. But I, I'm, I don't know. I, maybe I'm just, I'm jaded and I don't, I don't know that if they came out with solid evidence, I don't think, so I, I think about, you know, my family, I think about my dad who sits around and watches Fox news and is very conservative and I, is very anti-democrat, even if he's, I think he's pro-Trump, but even if he's not pro-Trump, he's anti-democrat. Um, I, whatever they come out with, if they came out with evidence that Michael Cohen had done all of these things, I think that he would still, if Donald Trump says it's a witch hunt, would okay. still defer to Donald Trump. Mm-hmm.
1: It's part of the reason why it sounds like the FBI in this case was being so careful. So they, when they went in and, and executed the search warrant, they had what you know they talk about the dirty team and the clean team, which is mm-hmm. really fascinating for me. So because the they don't want. The prosecuting attorneys in this case to see compromising evidence, right? So you want only to see the the not you, you want them to not see the material that is attorney attorney-client privilege. Only
2: seeing what you're supposedly looking yeah. for. Yeah. So you have right? the
1: dirty team that comes in and sees everything, and then they pass only what is clean off to the of the actual team which is oh, so
0: be fun to be a part of the dirty what, team exactly
1: what is the dirty team seeing and you know, whether that is leaked or not but that speaks to how careful the FBI is being about this and you wonder whether Christopher Ray the head of the FBI was all I'm sure he also had to be made aware of this so you have multiple Trump appointees rosenstein ray uh you know across the board this is not you can't it's hard to argue this is a witch hunt witch hunt or democrats when you have so many republicans including Mueller, at the head of this um does he fire who gets i'm sorry go ahead phil
0: no i think we can can discuss who's gonna get fired
1: i mean just this last couple days trump's interview not interview when he uh, he was with the generals and he was talking about Syria. He started he he brought uh, or sessions. How, sessions is on thin ice. I yeah. would say. You th- see, I think he goes after Rosenstein. I think that's the one I, you hit first. Um, mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I mean they're all on thin ice, but yeah, I, yeah. I would probably agree. with So that. what are the chances? We talked about this, but yeah, go ahead, Phil. If you hire fire
0: sessions first and then fire Rosenstein, you get to replace sessions. Who gets to who gets to be the boss of? I don't know. I don't. Know, uh, Rosenstein and Sessions are both gone at some <laughs> oh, point. God. This I, week, I, I this am week, increasingly. Uh, How long? If I had to place, uh, if I had to place bets, Rosenstein, I don't know. I, all of that, I say Rosenstein, I still think is the first to go. If you think of Trump as a like as a as a you know a reflex machine, Rosenstein's going to take the brunt of this. I think he goes. I give it sixty percent this week. Next week, when we talk again, <laughs> yes. I think there's a sixty percent chance Rosenstein Rosenstein's gone. I, I think so too. Uh,
2: yeah, I'd probably say. Yeah, that, yeah, that makes sense.
0: I mean, that, Sessions is next. And Mueller, Mueller is going to – he's fired eventually. Yeah. I, he's he's
1: going to get fired. It's just a matter of time. That's my take. I'm, I'm increasingly – like, yeah. See, the thing, if, if he's strategic and goes after Rosenstein first, whoever's in that position, whether it's Sessions or Rosenstein, they can control Mueller. They can tell him what he – every time Mueller wants to do something in this sort of broad period, he has to get approval for that. And so if you had somebody who was a a, a Trump, you know, like basically somebody who wants to do everything Trump wants, you could dramatically shift and constrain Mueller's activities in a way that you might not be able to do if you just fire Mueller uh, and and then Rosenstein or whoever it is appoint somebody new. So Mm -hmm. I, I think there's a really good chance Rosenstein is gone before the weekend is out. Yeah, Really? I, I do. And, and I just, the way that Sarah Huckabee Sanders, even today, was saying, they asked her if Rosenstein's going to stick around, and she said something to the effect, I, I don't have any updates on personnel at this point, which is very different from saying, you know, no, the president isn't making any decisions. I, I just feel he's, he's slipping, Nick. You know, he's he's feeling, feeling comfortable.
2: Has... <laughs> he's, he has so many other things to deal with this weekend. I think he's just too busy with other batshit things to say. So... <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I think there's, yeah, the, the likelihood of, of Rosenstein being fired is increasingly likely as time goes on.
1: He could go after all of them. He could do Rosenstein. He could do Sessions. He could do Mueller. All of that could happen, although it wouldn't affect this investigation of Cohen, because that's an entirely different uh, right. uh, US, just U.S. attorney going after that, mm-hmm. so... Um, I, it
0: feels like all of this is just it's like the spiral that's yeah, just mm-hmm. getting closer and closer to Trump. Right. We started out with campaign officials and then cabinet officials. And it's just like, you know, getting into his children and his family finances. And now you're at his personal attorney. i It just I, I don't know. It feels like it it's going to this is all going to come to a head soon. And it's going to be ugly.
1: And the other thing we were talking about before we went on air is that the the news breaking today is that it was going after information about Stormy Daniels and the other woman. I can't think of her name, but also the Access Hollywood tape that they're, yeah. you know, that's what they wanted information or part of what they wanted information on. That's a, a big element, too, if they're looking at what was going on, what was Cohen doing? Was there any payout so, to try to, to suppress that story?
0: Right. So we should talk a little bit about yeah. why that would matter. So, cause the, the, the issue, at least in theory, is that if. Trump or his attorney is paying Stormy Daniels, is paying uh, others, um, other women that he had affairs with. Uh, if there's payments to suppress the access Hollywood tape, if any of that benefits Donald Trump's campaign, then technically it can be a finance, a, a campaign contribution, and so that's where you get into the violation of campaign finance laws. If if these sorts, if this money is not being declared reported um, then then there are those those are technically campaign finances but so here's the here's my question <laughs> I know that we shouldn't speculate but let's speculate yes um, <laughs> yeah you, you know the question is is that enough is it, so campaign mm-hmm. finance yeah, that's a big deal right I mean you know, talked about John boring. Edwards yeah. it's boring <laughs> but it's illegal as hell right so the question is is that enough? If you're a judge and there are campaign finance things that come along, is that enough to get you to sign off on a search warrant on the president's personal attorney? Or does it have to be more than that? And if so, what is that more? I, I, this is just us coming up with shit off the top of our heads. So, so take it all with a grain of salt. But what, like what what, could it be? What has Cohen done
1: that would, that would justify this? So Cohen is the fixer. And sometimes, mm. being the fixer, you gotta violate some rules and laws. So one is the kneecaps. <laughs> right. So one is simply that there were payouts. So Stormy Daniels was paid one hundred thirty thousand dollars to keep quiet. Maybe there was something similar with the Access Hollywood. I'm of your mindset, Phil, that I don't think that's enough. I don't think a judge signs off saying, "Oh, there was some campaign finance stuff here to go after the president's personal attorney." It's got to be more. So what does that mean? Does that mean Cohen was engaging in? Other illegal activity to keep that story suppressed, threats, threats, uh, potential violence. What I mean, we know that Cohen will be creative in pursuing a defense of Donald Trump. I think if we're going to speculate, we could probably jump there. And again, we have no evidence to support this, but there's got to be something more than campaign finance. I, I just can't see... I can't see a a judge creating all this chaos for that.
2: But I I mean, at the same time, we keep dancing around the topic that everyone is interested in. The only reason that the investigation is happening, this is not going to tie directly to the president. You're not going to find any evidence of that. It's just not going to happen. You
1: don't think so? Maybe? No. I, don't don't think think
2: I, I really, really, really doubt it. And if it is, it's going to be circumstantial or he was in the same room as this person and this statement was made and it wasn't intentional. He was, again, quote, unquote, uh, unwittingly you know a a, an accessory to
1: this but here's the thing so the the issue with the attorney-client privilege so to kind of simplify this and this is how I understand this if I murder somebody and I tell my lawyer I murdered them that's attorney-client privilege if my lawyer helps me cover that up that's not protected right but that's implying that the the original person actually told them to do
0: that I don't think that Trump told him to do this wink wink I bet he did (laughs) This is I, I I again insane world. I I think you're thinking too you're thinking to Nixon slash Reagan. You're not thinking Trump. I don't this think I am. Dude, this man out everything on the top of his head. You're like wh- I I I think that I don't. I mean I don't know. Maybe he's smart enough to. But I, I, he's had how many attorneys lawyers quit because he can't like keep his mouth shut about right. stuff they so don't trust him to not say stuff he and so- can't
2: you're you're absolutely right and that's the reason why he's not involved in it directly because he doesn't think at that level he's going to have you know he he thinks he won this of his own accord and these issues you know whether he had affairs or not like it's not that the strategic thinking that it requires to cover up something like this and be for a lack of a better term you know a mafia don and figure out what you need to do to cover this up it's not part of his M.O. he's gonna have other people around him that are going to clean up his mess behind him and just swim in his wake and make sure nothing is there I don't think you're going to find something that directly ties him to
1: this. which which so what you're saying is that it's not that Trump didn't somehow suggest Cohen should take care of these problems, that Cohen maybe did this on his own doing. I think he did it,
2: yeah, of his own accord, knowing what it could potentially do to the campaign and to
0: Trump personally. See, I, I... That's interesting. I know it, it is interesting, <laughs> but I think I think that what you're saying runs both ways. The fact that he's not a strategic thinker, yes. and that Cohen is the one—maybe he's the brains behind all of this. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that 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 again that goes both ways, and that Trump is not—he may not be the brains behind putting together a payoff scheme for Stormy Daniels, mm-hmm. but he is smart enough. He's he's like aware enough that he knows that Stormy Daniels is out there, mm-hmm. and he's. He is lacking in strategy enough that he's – I totally would not be surprised if on tape or written or in an email he said to someone, make Stormy Daniels go away, do whatever it takes or something Mm -hmm. like that.
1: Because Trump is not careful. We think about how lack of caution he uses on Twitter. Now, he doesn't use email. That may be smart though. How how does he communicate with Cohen? He, He calls him. Right. So but there could be evidence of Cohen emailing somebody else or there's got to be some physical evidence Mm -hmm. suggesting this.
0: I still think there's some there's something that we're not even seeing that they're that they're interested in, that they're being drawn to. And who knows? it, It will be a long time. I think I think it will be as much as I think you might be right, Nick, and that it would be beneficial to have this come out soon. If all of this is designed to put pressure on the Trump administration and to, uh, you know, if this is a part of a bigger investigation, I don't know that we're going to hear the details of it in the short term. Mm. So, um, who knows?
2: I, I still think the better strategy is to directly catch him in a lie under oath with Mueller or some equivalent as part of the investigation, as opposed to, going this route and then making him turtle and not try and or, or uh, avoid um, being interviewed at, at a later point it, I, it, I, having him there in the room there is no escape he's going to have to answer your questions he's going to lie you know he's going to lie so use what you know Like I, I, the more that this happens I and the more defensive he gets I understand that there's a school of thought that he's going to slip up and say something, or you know, something is going to shake loose with all this going on. I, I don't. I, I just think there's an easier way to do it. But again, I'm not part of the investigation, and they have not provided the evidence to us yet,
0: despite our our many requests for all of the evidence. Is, is there any chance that they're in? It, it seems to me that you know, there's all the. I mean, there's there are these big stories about Russian you know, working with Russians, but they're also this bigger, I don't know, maybe the, the more likely thing to bring Trump down is on obstruction of justice charges. And I wonder if there's something related to that, That mm-hmm. as Cohen's, as his attorney, again, that, but that gets into attorney client privilege and that's harder to, to, to have an investigation into. I, I, I don't know. It's fascinating.
1: If, it, if I'm Mueller, there has to be, the obstruction of justice isn't enough. You've mm-hmm. got to have the crime, right? There's got to be that initial crime, whatever it is. If all you bring is obstruction of justice, I don't know. It's easy for Trump to play that narrative to say this is a witch hunt, and I was trying to defend myself. I I, I, I didn't to. do anything wrong, and so that's why I was doing these exactly. Things so I, I do wonder. I mean, the, Mueller is being very strategic. Even passing this on is very strategic because it gets it out of his jurisdiction. Mm-hmm. Is there any way Trump sits down with Mueller now after this? I mean, does this just end all possible conversations? He'll
2: sit down after he fires him. <laughs> that's right. He'll have a beer. He'll do a beer side. I, I,
0: I think he might. Like I I think it's it, so stupid. A, <laughs> no, I know, but I think that there's something about that. Like if Cohen and other people are telling him do not talk to him, do not talk to him, the closer you get to Trump and the more you piss him off, the more that he's gonna want to sit down right. and like like that's just I I don't know, that seems like his personality He's doing me. the OJ I, I
2: approach. Think... <laughs> I just wanna clear
0: my name. And lie his yes. way out of it.
1: Yes. yes. <laughs> oh, this is good. We should, we should probably talk beers. We should probably right. talk about Phil. Bill, do you want to lead us
0: off? Uh yeah, so tonight I am drinking a uh Citra Pills Keller beer from Switchback Brewery in Burlington, Vermont. Um it's it's a lager, but they add it after they lager it. I guess they also add um hops including Citra hops. And so mm. it's uh yeah, it's it's different. I don't um I don't know. It's not I, I don't dislike it by any means. It doesn't it doesn't like capture me. It doesn't grab me and make me want to go back for more, but it's a, it's a fine beer. All right.
2: we'll give that a 3.5 <laughs> 3.5 <laughs> 3.
1: on the on the untapped review. Oh, Nick, do you want to introduce our, our beer? Sure. You're better at reading names and labels and things. Yeah, I'm sorry. I don't yeah. need spectacles I quite know. Um
2: So we had uh, the World's Columbian Coffee Exposition, which is from uh, Hot Butcher uh, and Hero Coffee Bar. Uh, Hot Butcher is out of uh, Darien, Illinois, so not far from here. Uh, it's an uh, imperial stout brewed with coffee. It's uh, So coffee flavor, obviously. Uh, dark fruits and chocolate yeah it uh it's extremely dark yes um almost zero head on it whatsoever um initial i'm not a big stout guy Mm -hmm. again initial sip not a big fan and then it's good again and then it starts to warm up a little bit and i'm not a fan again (laughs)
1: No, it's 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 pretty good. I, I think it just has to be cold yeah. the entire time you drink it. I, I like this a lot. Um, this was one where, again, Phil and I, we were, we were all talking beforehand where we usually stay away from dark beers. But this, you noted it was sweet, and you're right. Yeah. It's got a sweet taste to it, but it's still fairly light it's not I mean, we've had some darker yeah, it's beers not overpowering are, yeah. it's not motor oil um this was very drinkable um i, I like this, this time you said. <laughs> I know i would definitely get this again and this is kind of a, a fancy complex expensive beer but yeah. i i enjoyed this, this I, yeah, uh, I did like it too. yeah and the, the can is kind of fancy and super fancy yeah it's lots of calligraphy so mm-hmm. yeah good ones.
2: Uh, again, yeah. if you guys want to find the beers that we try uh, on each episode, you can look us up on Untapped, uh, which you can download on iOS or Android. Uh, I think there's Barstool Politics on there. You can follow us and give us suggestions and all sorts of fancy things that I don't know how to do because I really just put this stuff on there. And mm. Look at all the beers that we've tried and go, oh, God, what am I doing with my life?
1: Podcasting—that's mm-hmm. big, Nick. No, mm-hmm. Nobody else is doing that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, speed round time. Oh god! All right. In normal week, Syria would be. Oh, Phil's giving us a thumbs, thumbs up emoji. Up. Nice. <laughs> In a normal week, we would have started with Syria because it's such a big topic. I'm excited about this one. So on Saturday, um, on Saturday, bombs alleged to have been filled with toxic chemicals were dropped on Duman and opposition or Duma, an opposition-controlled city near the capital of Damascus. Reports indicate that dozens were killed in the attack and many more seriously injured. Uh, President Trump has uh, pledged a forceful response and has personally called out Assad and you know Syria, Iran, Russia, and it particularly called out Vladimir Putin, which is the first time he directly attacked Putin for something like this. Uh, Trump canceled his trip to Latin America, and we all know how much he loves to travel, Uh, so this was a big deal. Especially in Latin America. (laughs) Right. (laughs) So that he could focus all of his attention on the U.S. response. Not surprisingly, Syria and Russia have vehemently denied any such attack occurred, and Syria has uh, agreed to allow inspectors, although... Uh, there was a vote at the Security Council yesterday, and Russia vetoed that so there there 's that 's not going to happen now The good news is thank goodness we 've got uh john donald trump and and John Bolton carefully weighing the best options here uh trump 's fine but I really think Trump finds himself in a difficult spot he needs to respond Yeah, i 'm not sure there 's any action that will change Assad's calculus in terms of the Syrian violence so so Phil what are your thoughts on on where this goes is there is there a good option for the US here
0: no okay um, okay uh, <laughs> no uh, I mean I think the op the outcome is going to be as as Trump has bizarrely already telegraphed to the world that we're going to bomb something um uh you know this has been it it we th- that's worth talking about in and of itself yeah. that trump has like announced via twitter that we're going to bomb <laughs> yes
2: um that what he railed that is, against obama
0: for yeah right exactly that is unusual it's yeah it, anyway um but i it seems a very american response we we don't like this Um, so we're going to bomb an airfield or, you know, we're going to do something. We'll send in, we'll do a strategic strike. The interesting thing about that is that that was the, you know, the critique of Obama was that he wouldn't do this. He wouldn't take sort of decisive action. He wouldn't do a retaliatory strike. If he had only done that, Assad would have been, you know, um, he would have been discouraged from ever using chemical weapons again. Um, That was the argument. And then Trump came to power. He used chemical weapons. He, Not Trump. uh, The Assad regime used chemical weapons. And Trump did exactly what people had been calling for, this limited strike. Mm -hmm. And it did nothing, right? This is not going to do anything. We will destroy an airfield. The Russians will come in and rebuild it. We'll destroy some airplanes. The Russians will provide it back. It seems... It seems the the options are I mean, it, there's something that I think for Americans is kind of cathartic about throwing some missiles at something. But we need to recognize that that doesn't accomplish anything. Correct. Um, if we really care, if you are really pissed off about people being gassed with chemical weapons, then, um, you know, the only thing that's going to stop it is an actual decisive act, meaning. Going to war. Right. Yeah. Going to actually sending in troops, which brings in the possibility of I mean, it has to be something it has to be a message that is clear, not just to the Assad regime, but to Iran, to Russia. And, and I, you know, you have to convince them that you're serious. And I, it, it's just nothing's going to come of it. We're going to launch mm-hmm. some missiles and we'll all feel good about it and nothing will change
1: mm-hmm. at a domestic level. Everybody's happy. Uh, the U.S. responded, but it won't change Assad's calculus. It won't fundamentally change the dynamics there. Nick,
0: yeah, uh, go ahead, Phil. As- Assad is fighting for his survival, yeah. right? And so, if 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 he's about, was that what you're about to say? If no. he's going <laughs>
2: to,
0: no, go ahead. He, he's yeah. he's going to use chemical weapons if that's what it, if it's down to he thinks. He's going to be ousted from power and killed, or use chemical weapons. He's he's going to do it, and he's going to have Russian support. So now,
2: anyway, I, I I Assad was uh, struggling for his survival at one point when the first strike happened under the Trump administration. He he was on he was hanging by a thread and he's managed to reconsolidate a lot of his power and take a lot of the country back from rebels and American forces and anyone else who stood in his way with the help of Iran and Russia and this is not a point where he's afraid to do this shit anymore because there have been no consequences if you want this to change you need to completely decimate their military capabilities take out their infrastructure any sort of electrical grid that they have left and then start doing targeted strikes on members of the Assad regime, including Assad. This this cannot be allowed to happen anymore. And if you think that and I I think I was driving in before we started recording, the likely response is, you know, a few cruise missiles coming in from the Mediterranean as opposed to even, you know, short range airstrikes from us jets or you know coalition jets it's this is going to do nothing you need to completely decimate their ability to wage any sort of warfare at all forget inspectors forget the political calculus of it you need to lay waste to their ability to fight this sort of conflict and the fact that they even have this ability anymore is because of russia and iran and mainly russia and if they're in the way then they need to be held accountable for what they're doing. I, it, there, there should be no quarter given to these people at this point.
1: I, I agree, and I think uh, Nikki Haley's speech at the UN yesterday was fantastic. She called out Assad, but more specifically, she called out Russia for this. But here is the danger: if if the United States carries out the attack that you're describing, which I think is what it would take, I to call change. it shock and awe. So, <laughs> <laughs> but if you do that, you are going to kill Russian personnel in the area. Right, Russians or and potentially Iranians. Yeah. This changes the the dynamic of that interaction. Suddenly you've got the United States killing Russians and now it's not a Russia I'm sorry, a US Syrian dynamic. It is a, Ru- a US Russia dynamic. The the anti and- goes way up. And I think the Defense Department, I don't know if Trump is thinking about this, but I'm certain Mattis is. That's that's a much more complicated interaction.
2: So, I mean, what's the response to that? What's the political calculus where we lose that type of conflict in that region with Russia? Are they willing to escalate that to a point where we now have a conflict in, you know, Eastern Europe or some other part of the Middle East where they would be able to Uh, expend their resources even more than they're already expended, whether you're talking about Ukraine and Crimea or Syria or anywhere else where they've exerted influence over the past few years. Is it worth it to them to continue to prop up a failed regime, lose some Russians, and then try
1: and move forward from that and be even more aggressive? My guess is that Syria matters more to Russia than it matters to the United States. And given that... I think they would, because Mm -hmm. at the end of the day, Syria doesn't matter all that much to the United States. We want to reinforce the idea that use, you know, the chemical weapons norm. This is important, but that's a minor thing compared to Russia's strategic advantage of having this relationship with Syria, access to water ports. I I, I think their interests are greater than ours. I don't know if that's true anymore.
0: We had said earlier in the week, Donald Trump announced publicly that we were going to get our, you know, yes, we were going right. to fully remove ourselves from Syria. So that card is out there. It is, it, it does, it clearly means more to Russia than it does to us, right? We're ready to be done with it. Um, yeah, I mean, I think, I think it would require not just the U.S. It, it would require the this international voice, the U.S. and Britain and France and Germany, you know, Japan, it would require the international community together coming, coming out and saying essentially that, that chemical weapons are so beyond the pale that we will not stand for it mm-hmm. and we are going we are doing what you were saying nick we are going to do this and if russia if you don't if you if your troops are there they're going to get killed mm-hmm. right and it means you right. mm-hmm. you are against the international community if you if you want to do that and i just i can't see that actually happening even though that's what it would require
1: I don't, the other part of that is make
2: a coalition of the willing
1: i agree but I don't know if there's <laughs> enough courage. A courage. There's not. You know, the, the, you hear rumors about France supporting the United States. But that's all you're hearing at this point. And you're right. Oh, if, yeah. if you're going to really reinforce this norm. And, again, there's there's a deep problem here that Assad has been killing, a, you know, thousands of people with barrel bombs. It's just the chemical weapons that are suddenly getting us up in arms. Right. I mean, Assad is terrible, mm-hmm. not just because he used chemical weapons, but because he's Targeting killing. Targeting hospitals yes. and schools. And, yes. And, yeah. So the whole thing but, is kind of a crazy, crazy dynamic.
0: And out, g- destroying him, yeah. like uh, ending his regime is almost certainly going to make things worse in the short run, at least. You know, they might get better in the long run, but it's going to make things it's going to sort of escalate the war in other ways. So there, there is no there's, there's no good. No, there is no good option. We will. I, I predict that we will do the American thing, which is to throw some missiles at it and and feel good about ourselves.
1: But be careful that we're not hitting Russians. Yeah. Meh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> God, there's going to be more next next week. Uh, I wish we have more happen. time. On I know. That <laughs> well, but we have to get to Paul Ryan,
0: which another topic
1: that in another week would be the main topic. Right. We could spend half an hour talking about Paul Ryan, uh, who is leaving Congress. So early this morning, the House Speaker Paul Ryan announced his retirement. This blindsided many House Republican candidates who were counting on him for their campaign in November. His decision to leave Congress at the young age of 48—he's he's just a whippersnapper. Um, <laughs> Offers an undeniable pessimistic view of the state of the Republican Party. One would think that he has to make it much more. This has to make it much more difficult for the Republicans to fend off a Democratic effort to win back the House. All told, this is a destabilizing blow to the Republicans on nearly every front. Uh, he has been the party's most important fundraiser in the House and has been a source of stability during the tornado of chaos that is the Trump presidency. I'm not sure there's any good spin Republicans can put on this, Phil. Any good spin? Um, I keep asking you questions where the clear answer is no. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't seem
0: like it. and I mean, if you're a Trump Republican, then there's a good spin to put on it, right? In some ways, I you have to feel like Paul Ryan was the – he was the symbol of this kind of old model of Republican, like tax cuts. Like he was a fiscal – like that was his whole thing. Tax cuts, deficit hawk. We need to shrink the size of government spending and shrink taxes along with it. He talked about fantasizing about this when he was in college, <laughs> yes. right? This was like this lifelong dream, and now he is here <laughs> under the Trump administration, lead what it, you know, cutting taxes, but also you know, at a time where it, the deficit is actually you know, it's. I think I saw it today it's the he's overseen in the last year or whatever the great the largest increase to peacetime, the peacetime deficit in American history or whatever. So, you know, you've got to think for a, for somebody who is this kind of, I don't know, kind of laissez-faire or kind of an old school Republican in that sense, that, that working, being the, the head of the Republicans in Congress during the Trump administration would have to be disheartening and disillusioning. You kind of saw it in him. Um, he went up early on against Trump and lost. And it's just been he's just been kind of a shell of a man since. So it bodes badly for the Republicans. You, I think you take this as a sign that the Republicans, you know, he was not wanting to be over. He didn't want to be overseeing this next election in which he, I think, is seeing not only a difficult election for himself, but the Republicans taking serious blows. So I think it's more a predictor of, of where things are going. But I, I don't think I don't yeah I mean I think there is a if you are a Trumpian Republican I think that maybe I don't know maybe this is encouraging
1: Nick he says he wants to spend more time with his family I was just gonna say that. yeah that's oh gotta be God. true right
2: well you know I'm I, my kids aren't getting any younger and you know I if I keep doing this I'm just gonna keep being a, a weekend dad you're foolish like are you out of your fucking mind really Oh God! So I, he, I I was screaming, not screen I was yelling. I was lightly yelling at my radios. I I heard that coming in. Um, I, no, this is a referendum on the current state of the Republican Party, and i i don't blame I don't blame any of these people for leaving right now. This is a clusterfuck. Mm-hmm. This is not what they signed up for. They signed <laughs> up for a thing. It's a cushy job. I'm going to be a lobbyist after this. I have my place and. You know, there's a little shift here and there, and we go back and forth, but in the end, it's it's the same game that we play. And everything is just on fire right now. And if you have the ability <laughs> to get out of that at the right time before there's going to be an ev- potentially an even greater shift in the other direction that causes even more turmoil... Yeah, I would get the fuck out of there yes.
1: as quickly as is humanly mm-hmm. possible. Especially if he's thinking about some point running for president. I and mean, he's got to right. go away for a while, make some millions of dollars, and then come back. But this is a, to me, this just screams of he knows what, like you said, Phil, he yep. knows what's coming in the midterms. Mm-hmm. He's got to get out of there. Because if he's there for that defeat, he becomes Nancy Pelosi, right? right. And he right. says, I'm getting out and of no Dodge. one likes her. So when your leader says, <laughs> eh, I don't think I'm going to run for re-election... <laughs> you know Republicans are screwed they are Some totally other Republican screwed. announced their
0: retirement an hour later they're yes. like I'm out too I've seen predictions that this will start sort of a, a you know a, a avalanche of of retirements which it seems like we were already buried under right.
1: an avalanche of Republican retirements avalanche but this is of the, all the ones the this is the biggest one right mm-hmm. when when the speaker of the house I, I don't know any history but there's got to be I mean, can we ever think of an example where the speaker was like, "I'm out" right before midterms like this? So close. 1843. Oh yeah, that's right. 1840. Uh,
2: <laughs> the yeah. Please tell me that's not a real don't
0: don't. Phil's
2: making no, stuff thank up. Thank you. I couldn't,
0: even make, I couldn't even. I couldn't even. couldn't even come up with an even numbered year in which there would have been an election. <laughs> <when I stopped. laughs> So I want to I want to be a little bit of an asshole.
1: <laughs> <it's my> hobby. <laughs> Go
0: ahead, <laughs> hey, Nick, Like this is you know they this isn't what they signed up for, and so there there's something there's a little part of me that is sympathetic to Republicans like Paul Ryan who are like this is not what I signed up for, but there's a bigger part of me that wants to say fuck you because they created this <laughs> like they true. spent years talking about how Obama was the devil and like rallying people to this sort of this this kind of fear based politics. And so in some ways, I think uh, it's not what they signed up for, but it is the monster that they created in some ways. And so I, I yeah, yeah, I don't know. I don't, I'm not going to lose a whole lot of sleep feeling bad for Paul Ryan tonight. Oh, I don't think anybody should feel
2: bad. He, he'll he'll be just fine. <laughs> as soon as this is done, he will be just fine.
1: And politics shifts so quickly. Five years from now, he might suddenly be—he could be Mitt Romney coming back and making that well, I mean, presidential he could do run. State politics
2: almost to me. I, I mean, oh, he yeah. still has
1: pretty high
2: approval in Wisconsin, does he not? If
1: he ran for governor of Wisconsin, Scott Ryan would quit instantly, right? right? I mean, I think he would. Yeah, he—he
2: I, I, he will be just fine, and he'll reemerge on the national stage in a few years. He'll be fine. Don't worry about him. All right. hes right, he's—he's gonna be with his kids. He's gonna play baseball or something.
0: It'll be interesting to watch the 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 party decide who takes his place because Kevin McCarthy, who was the one who was supposed to be Speaker of the House and couldn't get enough support um, because he had pissed off the House Freedom Caucus or whatever. Um, that's what led to Paul Ryan to 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 come to power as the Speaker of the House. Kevin McCarthy's been a big Trump guy. Mm-hmm. Um, and so in some ways, you know, this is I, for for the liberal listeners out there who are celebrating this. There's those. very much the potential of I know that's true. The <laughs> the, the two of you out there who are listening. Um, there's very much the the chance that uh, um, uh, the that Kevin McCarthy, if he comes to power, actually is. You know, we've talked about Trump consolidating control of the Republican Party. If Kevin McCarthy comes to power, that could be that could be that. Right. That could be what that means.
1: There's been a lot of talk about Democratic advances in the midterm elections, but I didn't think they could take back the House today. When Paul Ryan steps down to me, this speaks of the Democrats have a really, really good chance of taking back the House slightly better. Yeah, slightly better. They're still bad at it. <laughs> no, absolutely. They're not good. But it, when the Speaker of the House, either the Speaker's I, no, getting out because I, he thinks the Democrats are going to win or he's thinking he wouldn't get elected back as Speaker. Right. Either way, it's bad for the Republicans. So Agreed. Yeah. It's going to be fun to watch. Oh, yeah. Exciting. All right. Let's talk about Hungary, right? Um, thank you, I gentlemen, for letting me I, talk I about you. Hungarian politics. <laughs> <laughs> So, Hungary held its elections this last <clears> weekend, and Viktor Orban, uh, the party, is, is Fidesz? Is that how you say the party? Phil, you're my comparative politics guy. How do you say their party? I'm fluent in Hungarian. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> okay. It's F I D E S Z. So, I'm sure someone what, will correct us. Yes. That's right, won a sweeping victory, giving him the power to change the Constitution and further bend the political system to his will. The results were not unexpected, but still alarmed many around the world who view Mr. Orban as a threat to democracy, the rule of law, and a free press. Uh, Orban has governed by attacking Western nations as a hostile multicultural force where Muslim immigrants run wild and traditional family values are under constant attack. Senator John McCain once referred to Hungary under Orban as a, quote, a nation on the verge of ceding its sovereignty to a new neo-fascist dictator getting in bed with Vladimir Putin. McCain can be good for a few quotes every once in a while. Sounds nice. Yeah. To me, this feels like another example of a democracy choosing to die. Um, Phil, you're our comparative politics expert. Is this as big of a deal as it seems to me?
0: Um... Because I'm troubled. I'm troubled. <laughs>
1: so I, I mean, I, it,
0: this is one piece in the, in this bigger picture. That, you know, it's one puzzle piece in this bigger picture of stuff we've been talking about for yeah. the last year and a half. Whether it's the Philippines or whether it's Poland or you know, it it fits in with this larger um, you know, what you know the, the the rise of kind of right wing parties, the success in the Italian election. So yeah, I mean, I think you shou- I think you should be concerned. I don't know that you should take exceptional concern because of the state of Hungary. But I think because of it lines up with kind of these trends in other parts of the world, that's where you start to be um, a little concerned. He is the I, arguably the most prominent kind of far right party you know, leader in, in um, Europe at the time. Hungary is a border state, you know, with the refugee crisis, a lot of refugees flowing in from through Serbia into Hungary. And so it became a front for this refugee situation. And, you know, Hungary, uh, in, in, anyway, um, he's been in power for a long time. He has done what has happened in Poland and other places where you have the the whittling away or the eroding of democratic institutions. If I were Hungarian, I would be very concerned. Uh, right. I mean, in that, yes, Hungarian <laughs> democracy is eroding. This was this is this is frightening. Um, from a worldwide perspective, it's a, a warning about broader trends and why we need to be careful and why we get upset at sometimes seemingly little things that Donald Trump does.
2: What uh, have there been any indications that the elections were or the election was fraudulent?
0: I, the stuff that I've seen, the experts who I have seen talk about it, described it as free, but certainly not fair. So <laughs> I think, um, I mean, there was intimidation. There have been sort of changes to the electoral system and the electoral process sure. that have that have benefited his party. So. Um. Yeah. I mean, the facade of free and fair elections are are there. I don't think it's the same sort of like ballot stuffing that we saw in Russia necessarily.
1: Mm-hmm. To me, it feels like there's a continuum, and on one end is Putin and Russia, like that illiberal democracy, and then there's Orban, and then we could start shifting to other Eastern European countries, Poland, and then another the end is is Trump, right, where they're you're using state controlled media to send a certain image and perspective. You're attacking. Um you know immigration, your argue- I mean Orban has is, is basically argued that we want white people, right He's very com- he's very sure. k- he will say things like we don't want to be too colored. Uh, so it's, it's it's problematic and it feels like this is this is what can easily happen to a democracy. So it's not as if he is you know just stolen control. He's using a democratic process to move the country in this direction. Um, and that's to me, that's what's more dangerous. You know, this idea of, you know, democracy dies in darkness. Right. This is what's what's going on is that Hungary is the potential future of the United States if we're not more vigorous about pushing back against these successes. I,
2: yeah, I, I I would push back on that in the sense of like these ideas don't exist in a vacuum. Like there is some sort of. Populist or least or, or sure. movement that does agree with this mentality. Like, people are choosing him. People yeah, are right, choosing exactly. him. People are choosing candidates like this because I, whatever you think of the, you know, the liberal, progressive, democratic experiment that has gone on around the world. Since, Delightful. Okay. Um <laughs> Since, you know, since pretty much the end of World War II, uh, people are are seeing flaws in the system, in, in at least in its current, form and probably as it's existed for at least since the collapse of the Soviet Union it's there's something there that needs to be fixed and uh, this seems to be the easiest way to do it and people just want the the um, the mentality of regardless of where you are in the world of a person who is not wealthy is you want uh, enough money to take care of your family. You want food and you want shelter, a- and that's it. And to, for people to leave you the fuck alone—that's mm-hmm. about it. Mm-hmm. And when it comes, you start, you know, listening to people talk about, you know, immigration, and people are getting benefits and you know, free meals and more rights and 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 uh, um, uh, ability to live their lives than you could potentially do as a citizen. That. That bothers people, and that's really understandable. And I, I, this is a referendum on that system as it exists today.
1: I'm just repeating myself at sure, this no, point no. just to get to the clock. But there's there's, there's <laughs> an idea that, that authoritarianism and, and dictatorship is, like, stolen. But what we're seeing here is that oftentimes, to, to Phil's point earlier, people choose this. And as you were suggesting as well, that the public will choose these choices because it seems better than you know cosmopolitan democracy we
2: all saw star wars we know that the senate gave palpatine power <laughs> it's not that he took it he so had to get them to do it oh, and that's, that- that's good Nick. that's good <laughs> <laughs> what
0: uh, I, i've been teaching a european politics class this semester one of the things we were talking about I, I realize we're out of time but and and this is nerdy but i'm gonna say it anyway that the difference in um you know the 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 nature of kind of social welfare politics in Europe versus the United States that in the US, um, we tend to when we get upset about immigrants and other you know people mooching off the system, we tend to attack the system mm-hmm. in Europe um, the with a social welfare system, the social welfare state is this kind of blanket thing that everyone benefits from, that it's harder to attack the system because you benefit from it. And so what tends to happen is that the attacks tend to be aimed at the immigrants. Right. So we don't want to destroy our system what we want is just to keep all those other people out mm-hmm. and so it 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 the 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 shift in places like Hungary to this kind of ultra nationalistic like we are doing it right we're doing okay if we can just keep these others you know these non- Hungarians out of our country, Um, It it has there's kind of interesting reasons why that why that occurs, but it doesn't it's not a pretty like moving forward what the implications are when you have the rise of Hungarian nationalism and Polish nationalism and French nationalism. It's Interesting. I mean, it's kind of ugly. Yeah, they are dealing with a
2: an unprecedented immigration crisis because of conflicts in regions around them. It's something that they didn't really foresee. I. I. I, I, I don't even know a, a good way to... Fr- Go ahead.
1: Well, Go ahead. Was, what's interesting about that, I think you're right, but that was for a while, and apparently the immigration problem has decreased for Hungary. Mm-hmm. So they had this wave of, you know, Austria... Austria they put Hungary, up a giant barbed bar. wire. Exactly. Right. So you had this issue where you had... You had immigrants coming, but through. it was happening. Right. Regardless. And then they built a fence. And it, it could happen it. again. It could happen again. But even though the, the, the problem has been solved, he can still run on this. Right. This danger. Absolutely. Yeah, it is. Uh, and, yeah. And to tie it back to the subject we
0: talked about earlier and the it, the unwillingness of the international community to do something about Syria. One way to deal with the rev- with the refugee crisis is. Is to like process the refugees and try to decide what to, another one is to address the the problem, like to try to bring some level of stability to right. Syria to because most, you know, not most refugees would rather not have to flee their country for their right. safety. Right. If you could bring stability to Syria, you could also address a lot of these other. But but that, that's you know, that's not something that countries are. The cost of that is much higher than building a giant
1: barbed wire fence. This is why it's it's so good to bring political science to these problems, right? I mean, we're, we're thinking about this. As, I, I feel like I learned a lot on this topic. So You should tell all it's of the your beer members talk. of Congress about this, and right. about this podcast because we solve problems. Here. So we're, we're going from Hungary to Mark Zuckerberg. Um, we're not going to solve this problem. Okay, all right, that's fair. <laughs> All right. Next topic. Facebook's chief executive, Mark Zuckerberg, made his much anticipated appearance before members of Congress on Tuesday and Wednesday. He had to put his human suit on. And a tie. He doesn't like ties. <clears throat> and a booster seat. Did a you see that he had a seat. He, did, he did. It was like four inches up. Anyway. Oh, he Senator. Faced, <laughs> he faced tough questions on how and why the company failed to protect the delicate data of many millions of its users. The hearings were prompted by the revelation that Cambridge Analytica, a British political consulting firm linked to the Trump campaign, harvested data of roughly 87 million, maybe more, Facebook users to psychologically profile voters. On Tuesday, the company announced it would begin offering a data abuse bounty program to reward people who report incidents of similar abuse. Well done, Facebook. That'll, you know, <laughs> Putin will just run from that. Um,. The deeper question for me in all of this is whether any talk of regulation for social media giants like Facebook or Twi- and Twitter develops. It will be easy for Congress to rough up Zuckerberg, which they did. But the deeper question of how the U.S. and democracies around the world respond to efforts like Russia is not so easy. Um, gentlemen, Zuckerberg, thoughts? Nick, you're you're the social media giant here. Am I? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I put a SpongeBob
2: thing on our Twitter and Facebook today. I don't you're, think I'm a social media giant. You're on Blueberry. I am on Blueberry. <laughs> um, it, it, I, I mean, you, you saw the uh, the mountain of notes that he just left on his desk, right? That pe- it's, someone it's, grabbed and took a picture of. It's all fake. Like this, uh, he, all these things that he's saying have been said previously when they got caught using you know, user information in improper ways. And none of this is going to mean anything. And realistically, even if they put safeguards in place, you can't at this point in how complex these social networks are and how deep their analytics can be. There's only so much you can do to prevent people from abusing that sort of information. You shouldn't have access to that much information from one company you you have access to everything at that point all uh, everyone's behavior how old they are where they live what their political leanings are any ads that they click on uh their browsing behavior and then you think that companies that you the third-party companies that you uh link yourself with are just going to abide by your uh, terms of service which are again i was listening to the hearings yesterday You know, this one is 3,700 pages long and has 35 links in it. Of those 35 links, all those have 20 pages each with about 20 links in them and so on and so forth. It's nonsensical. You can't have a platform like that as an individual, whether you're in the United States or somewhere else, and think that people aren't going to steal your data. So the only way that this gets resolved is if people get smarter about what information that they're putting out there. You can't put the genie back in the bottle at this point. If you have information out there, you're fucked. That's what it is. Like, and, and on top of that, as I've said previously, don't use these platforms as your basis for uh, political information gathering or knowledge gathering or... or uh, for your your primary news outlet, that's idiotic. It's it's just ridiculous, and they're not they they can only do so much, and they're not even going to go that far in what they could potentially do. They're going to hide all of the controls and uh, granular uh, different security measures in the system somewhere, and say that they have it. they are never going to tell you about any of those things. I'm done. Make sure now. you like us
0: on Facebook. Yeah, do that. <laughs> do that before you get off of Facebook and Twitter. I I found the hearings infuriating the parts mm-hmm. that I watched um it, for a number of reasons one of which is that the senators who were talking to him clearly had no clue right. what they were talking about is they, it
2: a face or a book right,
0: talking about their grandkids who like Instagram and what you know if i send something on on WhatsApp can Facebook say, like they just didn't do like yeah it, we're being you know we're the laws are being made by people in their 70s who don't understand and and didn't bother to do the homework right to just it's not that hard they have aides who can do this and inform so it that that was frustrating to me it was also frustrating to me that these senators who have the ability to make laws they can legally tell facebook what they can and can't do who are sitting there like expressing disappointment or consternation or, you know, how, you know, why would you do this and how can we trust you? You don't have to trust them, right? Make laws about it. Make laws about privacy and protecting people's, like, that is your job. If you are so disappointed Mm -hmm. and upset in what Facebook has done, then pass a fucking law Mm -hmm. to protect people's privacy, right? Mm -hmm. That can be done. So that infuriated me. And the fact that they are asking Mark Zuckerberg, how facebook should be regulated is insane like that they would ask the head of facebook what congress should be doing to regulate facebook it's just it was just the whole thing just made me
1: angry it was bad i'm getting mad just listening to yeah, you too it's real bad <laughs> i agree when listening to these Eighty-year-old men asked questions was just embarrassing for the for the Senate and the House because you're right they were at I mean it felt like they wanted you to go and set up their Wi-Fi for them like I can't yes. I can't figure out my Instagram Facebook thing it was mm-hmm. it was embarrassing I, I, it, nothing came from this other than a PR attempt by Facebook see that's the thing Some, if one of them had said could you help me set up my Wi-Fi
2: or something like that <laughs> I would have appreciated that
0: <laughs> right. Some, somebody I heard today it may have been on the the Daily on the New York Times. I was mentioning that it felt like a five-hour um, tech support call. Yeah. In which they were... <laughs> Zuckerberg did – I mean, I, I, we sort of alluded to this, but he paid people a lot of money to coach him on this. This was yeah. all – like you were saying, Nick, all the he notes responses. and everything. Yeah, I mean, it was all – I mean, and that was smart on his part, but he he was very – I mean, this was – yeah, it was all – and he did he did a fine job responding to them. My fury was
1: more at the Congress people than yeah, at Mark he was, Zuckerberg. He
2: called them senator in every single sentence. It would have been a horrible
1: drinking game because yeah. someone would have died. There's no way Zuckerberg ever runs for political office. It's, he's awful at this. He's terrible.
0: Yeah. He's but terrible. he's also delusional. He is delusional. <laughs> you know, that's right. Mm-hmm. There's no way he was going to get elected, and he spent the last year and a half traveling around the country talking to people in
1: little diners. <laughs> this is true. Because he thinks he can be president. And Donald Trump is president, so that's, uh, I, anything I, is possible. No, never no. say no. never. Yes. Mm-hmm. All right our final topic kind of a fun one uh, Scott Pruitt fun one yeah he's he, the <laughs> head of the Corruption. Environmental Protection
2: Agency suppression agency
1: yeah he's he's <clears throat> he's really corrupt I mean he is he's not even trying to not be corrupt so mm-hmm. all right just a little bit of date over the last week it was revealed, or a couple weeks that he has been renting or he was renting a room at a Capitol Hill townhouse from the wife of an energy company lobbyist for a mere50 dollars a night. And that, That's a steal. Yeah, and that was whatever nights he slept there. So if he didn't sleep there, he didn't get charged, which is kind of a nice system, right? You know, I'm sleeping yeah. someplace else, no charge. In a second, I, don't, I don't pay my mortgage when I'm on vacation. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> in a second scandal, Pruitt asked White House to approve large salary increases for two of his closest aides. And when he was rebuffed, he found an obscure provision in the Safe Drinking Water Act that allowed him to reappoint them at a higher salary without anyone else else's knowing. Uh, much attention has been given to the fact that Pruitt has insisted on flying first class. And do you know, guys know why he wants to fly first class? Security The Air is cleaner up there. He doesn't like getting yelled at. So one time when he was in coach, <laughs> oh, can't blame him. Somebody came by him, and what they said, and he reported this. He said the guy came up to Pruitt and he said, "Man, you're ruining the effing environment." <laughs> man. And that was it. He doesn't like being accosted. I wouldn't like that either. um, Pruitt's aides have explored the idea of the administrator purchasing a share in a private plane for $100,000. He's the first EPA administrator to ever demand 24-7 security detail, costing the taxpayer millions of dollars per year. Maybe people should just calm the (laughs) fuck down. They wouldn't have to do that. He's insisted on that the EPA construct him a secure phone booth in his office. What? At a cost of 43, get smart Forty three thousand dollars for a secure phone booth so no one could hear him on his super secret EPA conversations. Uh, he's at his office swept for listening devices multiple times, installed high tech biometric locks. Listening devices. Who's spying on the EPA No. And oh God. And so it, I would bet Mueller, personally. So this <laughs> the story's broke the last couple of weeks. Trump has come out and said he 's doing a great job, wonderful. This is draining the swamp, right? I mean, we can say the swamp has been drained with Pruitt well, all it
2: shows uh, to me is that people are insane, and you need to take some pretty serious measures to uh, to take care of yourself and the people that surround you. Uh, I mean, I know I would want to fly first class if I had to deal with uh, the hippie weirdos that were telling me I was ruining
1: the uh, the environment. Man, in coach, in coach, yeah. And for the record, all previous EPA administrators flew coach. Like this is, you know, this doesn't happen.
2: Where yeah. they shouldn't fly anywhere. They should bike everywhere. That's right. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> the idea, the idea, that...
0: hot That's air true. balloon. That's true. The idea that a public official can't handle someone yelling at them, and so needs to fly first class, is is yeah, it's crazy. I thought I thought for sure if we had talked last week, if we had taken bets on who was the next Trump official to go to be fired, it would have been him. Pruitt was my number one bet last yeah. week, and and even the even Sanders and other people were sort of alluding to that. Like he he was losing the support of Trump, and then bizarrely, all the all the you know now now he's way down the list based <laughs> yes. on the you know, the Cohen stuff. but this weird rumor started coming out at the towards the end of last week or maybe it was early this week that that uh, he could be a replacement for um Jeff sessions yeah. for the for the attorney general that like To take this guy who's under all sorts of allegations of corruption and make him the head of the Department of Justice would be the ultimate
1: Trumpian thing to do. Do you know who – you know where that story came from? No. Scott Pruitt. He was the one that was (laughs) leaking that story.
2: (laughs) That's fantastic. Hey, guys, have you heard about that? (laughs)
1: No, I haven't heard about that. It was released that he was the one leaking that story out that Trump is considering hiring himself for the attorney general. There's no truth to it at all. No, there's no truth. Yeah. I don't know. So, so Trump tweeted this week uh, – This I don't know. This was like pre – this was on the 6th. Quote, do you believe that the fake news media is pushing hard on the story that I'm going to replace Jeff Sessions with EPA Chief Scott Pruitt, who is doing a great job but is totally under siege? Do people really believe this stuff? So much of the media is dishonest and corrupt. It's – it was Pruitt who was spreading this story. He's brilliant. Oh, he's so good. Is he gonna, how does he – I don't – like, again
0: oh. – we've talked we've said this with basically every story this week I, the the level of corruption and and the allegations that have been leveled against Pruitt in the last you know well basically in the last year or whatever, um this this would be scandalous yeah. by any other standards. Do you do you does anything come of it? Do no. you think he's is his no. time no. limited?
1: No. no, absolutely. You
0: don't think no. he's going to get fired no. or, or be out? Not at all. Insane world, as you like to say.
1: I yes, know. <laughs> I know. No, no, there's no. no way.
2: But I mean, this is the thing. Like this is a a clear pattern of abuse of your position and this is a person who absolutely should be fired yeah. and he's not going to be because there are so many other weird bizarre potential angles with this other investigation that's going on it's it, it's not going to happen he he will be there he's going to stay there for the duration the, the chance of Mueller getting fired is so much higher yes. than scott pruitt or Agreed. rosenstein
1: or sessions it's not going to happen and it just speaks to the reality that we're living in right now where in any other republican or democratic administration this would have absolutely been grounds to be fired i mean and to be fair to both i mean republicans have historically run tight ships on stuff like this so this is it's awful and there's so many other things going on and the tr- the president doesn't care so this is what we're stuck with and
0: and none of this addressed the the real i mean obviously corruption is a real issue but none of this addresses the fact that he's really terrible at his job it's real bad right. it, it, he is single-handedly destroying the epa And i mean whether you like the epa or not i know that people have have issues with you know epa overreach or whatever but he, like even even if you just like the idea of clean water right, right. he's single-handedly doing what he can to destroy the administration he's in charge of
2: well i mean he clearly is paying attention to the save drinking water act he <laughs> i mean he
1: read through it to help his people that he needed. To I mean, it's the Environmental Protection Agency, mm-hmm. and I'm pretty convinced he does not like the environment, no. right? Mm-hmm. And he's using this for a step up somewhere, whatever it is. He's not going to get, he's not likely to get the attorney general position. Although Trump is so crazy, he could read some of the stories out there and maybe say, hey, maybe good, good guy. Uh, but he'll get something else. That's the idea <laughs> that he's going to get, you know, he's going to get another post. <laughs> I, I mean, what, what?
2: What uh, what post could he possibly get at this point?
1: I I I mean, homeland security's open. (laughs) Yeah, I
2: guess that's a thing. He just seems like such a douchebag. He's so bad.
1: Deputy Attorney General is going to be open soon. Although Attorney I would General. Hell for that <laughs> that uh that DC
2: deal he got. $50 a night and not having to pay when you're plus, there. that's
1: plus first that's class airfare, ass. wherever that's you want to go. Damn good. Pretty good. For the record on Twitter, Trump defended that saying that's market value. On Twitter he defended that. Yeah, that's market, market value. value. Yes. <laughs> wow. From the guy who yeah, the hotel magnate who's increased his rates since he became president. Yes. God, we were all we hit everything tonight. We hit everything. It was good. Yeah. Except Lula. Oh, we had to cut Lula oh, de Silva. Poor Lula. We'll we'll talk about
0: him when there's when everything Resilient is on yeah. He'll That's, be in pri- he'll be in prison for a while. We'll God. come back to that topic. Oh, poor, poor guy. Oh. Well, again, if
2: you liked the podcast, as I do this and then move away from my microphone, um, if you like the podcast, uh Share us with your friends. Like us on Facebook, uh, at Barstow Politics. Uh, Twitter, at Barstow Paul, P-O-L. You can download the Untapped app to find the beers that we try on iOS and Android. Um, Podcast itself, SoundCloud, uh, iTunes. Review us and share us through iTunes. Uh, You can find us on... uh, Stitcher and Google Play Music and Spreaker and Blueberry and all the different podcasting platforms. Um, did I miss anything? That's all of them. Is that all? Of yeah, them? that was fast. I mean, I just lost track of time. Um, anything else, guys? No, this is great. Okay, Phil, I got nothing. <laughs> <laughs> we will talk to you guys next week. Then,
0: cheers, cheers.